Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent bride Sarah Thurman and her husband Clint Corley about their Walt Disney World wedding at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at Atlantic Dance Hall. And they had a number of unique touches I thought you guys would be interested in, so let's hear their story. Welcome, Sarah and Clint. Thank you. Hi. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to get married at Disney. As we were talking about the wedding, we realized it was going to be a destination wedding for somebody, no matter who we invited, because we have friends still in Los Angeles. We have uh, family in Dallas and in Indiana, and we're currently in Indiana. So no matter what we chose, it was going to be a destination wedding. And Sarah was really interested in finding a place that had uh, where she could get good photographs, right? Yeah, scenic setting. I had suggested to Clint that St. Louis Botanical Gardens would be pretty. I'd even done some Googling and found like a farm in (laughs) Alabama, not far from Gulf Shores. And I was just grasping at straws. I didn't have a lot of stipulations. I just wanted pretty pictures and a nice setting. This was actually my second marriage. So I was leaving most of the details up to Clint. And then, so we were having a hard time deciding because like none of those places said anything to me or spoke to me. And then one night, just kind of as a joke, I said, well, let's just get married at Disney World. And And I said, don't even joke about that because when I years ago, I found out Disney did weddings and I would have loved to have been a Disney bride back then, but it wasn't possible for my first wedding. And I just kind of forgot about the possibility even. So whenever he mentioned that, it just woke up all those old dreams that I kind of took back <laughs> the reins <laughs> and uh, we went with it. And it was meaningful for us because, you know, one of our first dates was at Disneyland in Anaheim. So we were annual pass holders, but Florida was the better location for us because so many of our family are in the eastern half of the United States and being in Florida allowed more of them to drive. And, and so uh, we chose that over California, but we knew right away as soon as he said it that that's where it would have to be. That's fabulous. And I always love to hear that it was actually secretly a dream and you never thought it was possible and then suddenly it was possible. <laughs> yes. Now, how did you guys decide on your ceremony and reception venues at Walt Disney World? That was kind of funny. It wasn't something that we knew right away that we had nailed down, I should say. Uh, I wanted to get married near the water. And so when I saw pictures of Seabreeze Point, I actually thought that's where we should have it. But Clint actually thought something else. Well, I, I just was looking at the pictures of Seabreeze. And although it is beautiful and, you know, it, and people who know Disney World would know it was Disney, 
I just didn't see anything that was like uniquely Disney about it. And I thought, well, if we're going to get married at Disney World, it better look like we're getting married at Disney mm -hmm. World. You know, so that's why I thought the wedding chapel, we might as well go for that since that has the castle in the background and, and you just there's no mistaking where you are. And the coach and that etched glass and it didn't take long for me to think that, yeah, that would be the more picturesque place. Plus, he made a good point that not knowing how the Florida weather would be, an air-conditioned inside spot might be kinder to our guests. <laughs> so the wedding pavilion was definitely the right choice for us. Yeah, my mom used to live in Florida, and I know how muggy it gets down there. And just a, it's a day wedding, it, we could have been sticky. So once we decided on the wedding pavilion, our sales manager suggested that we have our reception at the Grand Floridian because uh, it would be convenient and our guests wouldn't have to take transportation between sites. And that made sense. She suggested the White Hall. And I looked at pictures, and it was really beautiful. So at first, we, we went ahead and booked that. But afterwards, I saw pictures of the Atlantic Dance Hall and somebody else's wedding. And as soon as I saw it, and it was there by the water, and it just has so much character already without having to do much with the decor, I just knew that that's what I wanted. So I hurried up and emailed her to make sure that the Atlantic Dance Hall was available for our, our date. I just you know, prayed, please, please, please. And luckily it worked out. So we, we were definitely happy with our venues. That's great. Now, did you guys add a dessert party to your day? We did. Uh, we, had a, we actually made it a welcome party. So our wedding was on a Monday and we had the dessert party on Sunday evening at Epcot at UK Lockside, which was perfect. And I'm kind of surprised. I think that UK Lockside might actually be one of the more reasonably priced venues for a dessert party, but I think it has one of the best views. I can't imagine being able to get really any closer than UK Lockside allows you. Plus it's, it's nice and private, kind of off the beaten path. The weather was just perfect that night. There was a breeze and our guests just went on and on about how wonderful it was. And as they were leaving, they said, well, we don't know how you're going to top this tomorrow. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> we said we were going to take on that challenge. And uh, and I asked that guest the next day at the reception, you know, how did we do? And she said, oh, you did it. Somehow <laughs> you managed a way. <laughs> That's awesome. So then how did your friends and family react when they found out that your wedding was going to be at Walt Disney World? It was kind of a mixed reaction. There were some people who were like, well, congratulations, but there's no way we can make it either because of age or whatever circumstance. But uh, most of my family was sort of on board, specifically my mother. And, you know, let me just say out there, if you have a chance to get a, a fairy mother-in-law or godmother-in-law, <laughs> it, it really helps. Uh, because she was so on board. She helped us with just about every aspect of the wedding, and we, we really couldn't have done it without her. It's true. She was. She's always ready for a good party. So when we kind of explained how Disney fairy tale weddings work and showed her pictures and that type of thing, uh, she she said, sure. And then we invited her to our planning session. After that, she was definitely hooked and, and really sold it to the rest of the family. So some people who were tentative at first made the investment and, and made our reception all that 
much fuller, I should say. My family was a little different. Like I said, they'd already been to one wedding, but some of them were very kind and made the trip and thought it sounded amazing and didn't want to miss it. My aunt, on the other hand, who lives in Kentucky, there was no way she was going to travel to Florida. She was actually surprised that my dad was going to make the trip of all people. So I thought that was funny. But we still had guests show up from nine different states, from Florida to California. And we had a couple come from Berlin, Germany. So we did definitely have people willing to make the trip. Yeah. And when we made the choice to to have a wedding at Disney World, we knew that that was going to limit our guest list. And that's, you know, sad in some ways, but it also is helpful in others because, you know, the more guests you have, the broader the scope of the wedding becomes. And, and it ended up being a really good number. Yes. That's interesting. And it's because your guests came from so many different places, can you give me an idea of what the response rate was, like the number that you invited versus the number that were able to come? I think we invited around 150 maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. right. And we had 56 guests come, 10 of whom were under 10 years of age. And we loved that. Uh, the kiddos actually dressed up as Disney characters. So we had Belle and Rapunzel and Jasmine and some Star Wars characters. And it was really cute. Yeah, because that was uh, over the Star Wars weekend. So Yes. That's fabulous. Okay, great. So can you give my listeners a timeline of how this day ran? We had a few events over a few days. So let me list those for you and then come back and give you more details. Would that be okay? Yeah, that's actually really helpful. Okay. So we uh, showed up to Florida on Thursday. We actually didn't mean to arrive that early, but um, the people who did my hair and makeup, Lejeune Artistry, they couldn't do my um, hair and makeup trial any time closer to the wedding than that. So that kind of forced us to get there on Thursday. And we did the... Well, we had a Monday wedding, so it was a Monday morning wedding, so we got in the Thursday before. Yes, we got in the Thursday before. Friday, we uh, ran some errands and had some nice things I want to tell you about. Saturday, uh, we did a park day, and then um, that evening, we had sort of a combined stag hen party. Sunday, we had more park days with out-of-town friends and family, and then um, we had our dessert party. Monday was the wedding and reception, and then Monday evening we did a fireworks cruise, and then the rest of the week leading up to Friday we did park days with family, but on Friday we had our uh, free night at the Grand Floridian, which was fabulous. So going back on Thursday, we did my hair and makeup trial, and after it was done, we had to go to Franks to drop off a few things that we wanted used in our reception, one of which was a gift from my dad and stepmom, which was a ceramic model of the wedding pavilion, which I had never seen before. They found that on eBay and gave it to us as a wedding present and gave us the option of if we wanted to use it at the wedding. So, of course, we wanted to use it at the wedding. Um, so we dropped that off and a couple of other things. 
And while we were there, Clint looks over towards the wedding pavilion and, and says, is that Rini? Is that our officiant walking towards the wedding pavilion? And it was. So we kind of chased her down. She was on her way to another ceremony. We didn't make her late, but we had only ever spoken to her by phone or Skype. And so it was so nice to be able to meet with her face to face and give her a hug and just have that connection before the wedding. That was some nice pixie dust. And then what I loved about that evening was it was just the two of us. None of our guests had arrived yet, so we could just go to the Magic Kingdom and play. And since my hair and makeup were already done, we used our memory maker that night and just got pictures of the two of us around the different castles, the different picture spots. And we didn't have a pre-ceremony park shoot, so um, it was all the more special to get to do that. So that day just kind of happened out of thin air and and it worked out really magically it was one of my favorite memories of the day yeah so that's a good tip for you out there if you don't want to pay for uh, the park shoot just have your hair and makeup done trial done on a day you can go to the park there you go yeah (laughs) and then uh i remember us being in line for the haunted mansion and clint said you know we really should try and get in a couple's massage and i was like yes that's a brilliant idea (laughs) So I called uh, and we couldn't get in at the Grand Floridian. They had just a time that wasn't going to work out for us at the Yacht and Beach Club. So I went on Yelp and found this great place called Lotus Blossom. It's only like 15 minutes or so away from Disney property. And we had a great couple's massage on Friday morning and we ran a few other errands. It was just great to have our car there to to do those things. Um, And then our friends and family arrived. And then Saturday, we tried to have a combined stag hen party. My friend from Germany flew in. I hadn't seen her in a few years and other friends from L.A. And we started out at the captain's grill. And then we were going to go to Jelly Rolls. And we were so excited. And I told my friend from Germany that I was told in order to get into Jelly Rolls, she must bring her passport. And so when she got there, she had her license, but not her passport. And I said, Annika, I told you. And she said, well, I didn't think you really, I thought you just meant a photo ID. And I said, no, that's why I specifically told you. So they wouldn't let her in, <laughs> so, which is fine. That's that you know, rules are rules. And, and they had told me ahead of time. So, but we kind of laughed it off. And so we ended up at um, a I, lounge. I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it, I, Jelly Rolls is fun, and I've you know I've been to places like that before, but it was like we wouldn't have been able to talk or. True. What ended up happening was we went to the Martha's Vineyard Lounge, and we got cocktails, and then Clint and I think one of the other guys went over to the beaches and cream walk-up window. And so we ended up with like all these Sundays. So there we were, they brought them back to the lounge. So we were eating ice cream and drinking cocktails and just chit-chatting and, and the people that didn't know each other were getting to know each other. And we had a great time anyway. So it all worked out. That sounds way better than jelly rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I think it was. I personally enjoyed it, I think, a lot more than I would have jelly rolls. And I like those places, but we got, like I said, it was a good night pre-wedding with friends and and family to sort of just chill and just enjoy each other's company and 
that was important, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then Sunday night, we had the dessert party after a day at the parks with friends and family. And like I said, the weather was fantastic and could not have been better. We had for the actual offerings, we had Sunday toppings because one of your previous guests had, had mentioned you don't have to go crazy with a dessert party. You're giving the fireworks show, you're giving some free dessert, and so you can keep it simple and it still be a fabulous event. So we did the Sunday toppings and a couple of fruit tarts, and then they had the lemonades and the and the punches and the coffees, and that was so perfect. I mean that that still blew everybody away. So I was really glad to have that tip of keeping it simple. Uh, but one thing that I wish we had done was think about how far it is from the Epcot entrance to UK Lockside, which is where we had the event. Because people like my dad, who was awaiting a knee replacement, and some of our elderly guests uh, had a hard time getting all the way from the main gate to UK Lockside. So if I had thought ahead, we could have arranged some courtesy wheelchairs. And the cast members helped us get some to get them back after they had already kind of put their knees out to get there. But so it worked out eventually, but it's just something that I would say future brides and grooms might want to keep in mind. Yeah, it's a long walk and it's especially a long walk for, you know, people who aren't used to that kind of walking. So it's good. It's a thing to keep in mind if you are having any events at, at Epcot that it's a it's like twice as long a walk as just about any of the other parks. So Now, usually for dessert parties, people enter through the International Gateway. Was that not an option for your group? The meeting place they gave us was at the, for people who did not have park passes. Now, I realize they've changed this rule since then, that it doesn't matter if you have a park pass or not, you're still going to have to pay extra. But for people who didn't have park passes, they were told to meet at guest services in front of the front gate. Really? Interesting. Yeah. And so we had to walk all the way through the the future mm-hmm. future world part and then into the international part. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, people who were staying at the beach club and who had park passes, they just came in through the international gate and were right there. So it wasn't a, wasn't a big deal mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, I didn't even think of asking if we could have had the meeting spot at the International Gateway. That would have made more sense. But they just told us the guest services at the main gate, so we just complied. And even if we had done the International Gate, it's still a bit of a walk to a parking lot from there. Right, right. So then on Monday morning, hair and makeup showed up at 5.30 a.m., and I've heard from other brides that, that 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 is actually kind of a late arrival time. I've heard some brides had to get up at 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. But we got to sleep in all the way till 5.30. And we had five people getting makeup done and six people getting hair done. Um, my mother-in-law ordered food for everybody. I mean, and, and I have pictures of this, but it was a huge spread. She had all kinds of croissants and and danishes and like eight vats of coffee. <laughs> uh, she doesn't do anything small. But the unfortunate thing was that, you know, we, we ate as much of it as we could before we left to go to the wedding. Of course, we were busy and nerves were running a little high, so we didn't eat that much of it. 
And when we got back, it was all gone. So the moral to that story is, I guess, leave a note or let let, uh, the hotel room service know that you would like to continue nibbling on that stuff when you get back from the wedding. That's something I would have known. I would have liked to have known ahead of time. Uh, around 8:30, uh, I headed over to the Grand Floridian. Clint maybe headed over a little bit before that, and then we had our first look, which we highly recommend. We got lots of pictures before uh, the ceremony around the Grand Floridian. At 9:45, we arrived at the wedding pavilion, and at 10, our unplugged ceremony started. We had a very short ceremony. We had pre-wedding music uh, that went from 9.30 to 10 with a string trio. But then the ceremony itself probably lasted only about 10 minutes. Yeah, it probably felt like 10 minutes, but it was closer to 20 or 20 minutes, I think. I mean, timed out. That was my insistence because I come from a theater background. And, and after going to a lot of weddings, I, as an audience member, I always like, oh, let's move it. Let's let's get this going, you know, <laughs> because it's beautiful and it's it's lovely. And uh, but like like I said, from my theater background, all I can see are the pauses. So I just wanted to make sure it was short, sweet, simple, traditional in some places, but with our own sort of special touches to it, and so that we could get to the real part, which is the party afterwards. Yeah. So then we did a few pictures behind the wedding pavilion while the guests were brought out uh, to line up for the staged exit. We did a pedal toss. We did the staged exit maybe then around 1030 uh, and and got into the limo and, and did kind of a circle while all the guests left. And then we came back into the wedding pavilion to do portraits with our small wedding party and with our family. We had a very small wedding party, too, which I think helped. It was just my brother and Sarah's sister were basically on uh, up, up at the altar and besides the officiant. Mm-hmm. So it, that that helped keep the picture time pretty short as That's well. That's true. So. And Clint's niece was the flower girl. She was adorable. Yeah. Maybe around 10, 50, 11 o'clock, we headed over to the Yacht and Beach Club. And we did something a little different. I think a lot of brides and grooms who are having a reception at the Atlantic Dance Hall get to the boardwalk by way of the boardwalk resort and take pictures on the boardwalk leading up to the Atlantic Dance Hall. Clint had a unique idea that we would enter through the Yacht and Beach Club and actually ride a friendship over to the boardwalk and wave to our guests. Uh, who would be standing on the balcony of the Atlantic Dance Hall. And that was a cute idea and uh, sort of made our arrival all the more ceremonious and uh, made for cute pictures, too. So we arrived there, I guess, around noon. So the reception was to last from noon to three. We had our first dance and then the blessing and eating, the parent dances, little bit of mingling, and then Mickey and Minnie showed up, which was definitely the highlight of the reception, I would say. And they were there with our uh, through our cake cutting, and then we did some more dancing. And then we had uh, videographers, Key Moment Films, who actually, they came when our photographers did, while I was still getting ready, while we were still getting ready, I should say. And they took videos throughout the day, and 
cut a seam day edit that lasted, I don't know, three to five minutes. And so just before the last dance at the reception, they showed that same day edit for all of our guests. And it was such a nice way to just remember all the great moments of the day and at the time that we had gone through that seemed like five minutes, that was really <laughs> several hours. Yeah. It just, you know, there were so many sentimental moments and fun moments and, and we were tearing up a little bit and we were laughing and we were, it was, it was such a great way to capture the moment and the whole day. And so I, I highly recommend their services and the same day edit. We went back to our room, and funny enough, my sister was taking a summer school class. She's still in college, so she and her best friend and my mother were in our room with us till the evening. Uh, we were all kind of uh, crouched in on, on our two beds watching <laughs> Mickey cartoons, so it was kind of a funny way to spend the wedding afternoon, but we got some rest in. And then we went to the Contemporary Marina to catch our fireworks cruise with uh, the immediate family, and we saw wishes. We were both really tired after the uh, the ceremony and the reception, so we basically just crashed for the rest of the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then sort of woke up to have dinner and go on the cruise. It was a good day. I mean, it was a long, good, exhausting, fun day, and with tons of memories, which are great. Sounds wonderful. Now, did you guys have any kind of a theme or incorporate Disney touches to your day? We did. We didn't have a theme, but we did have several Disney touches. Our cake topper was Cinderella's Castle and uh, Clint's good ideas with the cake. We had some pixie dust with hidden Mickeys in it on the cake. And then our centerpieces were based on different Disney movies. So we had Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Cinderella, Up, and a few others. Ours for the sweetheart table was Wally and Eve. So our centerpiece was a big, dirty boot with a plant growing out of it. But it was meaningful to us. It wasn't that dirty. <laughs> it was a clean boot. <laughs> now, my, my concern, for, as far as theme goes, is I really wanted it to feel like a wedding, but like a wedding at Disney. You know, like I didn't want to do anything sort of like theme, like, like a theme, like a movie theme or anything like that specifically. And that if we were, if you were to take, many of the elements from the ceremony to the reception and everything and move it somewhere else, people would go in and say, oh, this is a wedding. You know, they wouldn't think of this is a birthday party or this is some other kind of celebration. They'd, they'd look and say, this is a wedding. So that was really important to me that even though we were having a Disney wedding, it was still, you know, first and foremost, a wedding at Disney. So I spent a lot of time going back and forth about the cake because I was you know, going, you look at the pictures and there's tons of beautiful cakes you can see on uh, various sites that Disney does. And I couldn't find our cake. You know, I couldn't find something that I could point to and go, that's what I want. And, you know, part of this is just me being picky and wanting something very specific for us, like very custom for our wedding. So, you know, if you went to look at it, you couldn't say, oh, that's the same cake I saw on Google images or whatever, but it, uh, but I still wanted, you know, I wanted it to be like, look like a traditional looking wedding cake, 
but, you know, have Disney elements to it. And so I went back and forth for a couple of weeks with uh, our planner and uh, the pastry chef sort of indirectly because I never really got to directly talk to the pastry chef. Like I would send an email to our coordinator and then she would forward it to the pastry chef and the pastry chef would go back to the coordinator and come back to me. So that might have made the time to take a little longer. But eventually I got to the point where it was like, okay, I think they completely understand what I'm going for. And now I just have to leave it up to Disney. And that's a that's sort of like a, a thing that, that eventually you come to that point where you go, okay, it's Disney. They're going to do it right. And even if it's not exactly the way I want it, it's still going to be amazing. Absolutely. And they were really patient through that whole process, too, because I was copied on all of those emails and they were very accommodating and uh, definitely wanted to give Clint what he was asking for, make sure we were happy with our wedding cake. They didn't seem put out at all that that we had different requests. It's a big item. It's a big ticket item in your wedding. And, you know, you want to be right. You know, you want to be what you envisioned in your head when you have a wedding, you know. So and so the, I felt I, I don't feel like I wasted time on it, but I was glad for the time I spent, you know, trying to get it exactly the way I wanted it. But at the same time, I'm like, I probably could have stressed a little bit less about it and, and just sort of understood that they knew what they were doing at, a, at an earlier time <laughs> than I did. So, right. But, yeah. but I loved what we ended up getting. So that's wonderful. So it sounds like cake was important to Clint. Photos were important to Sarah. Were there any other aspects of the wedding that were really important where you were going to invest your time and money or aspects where you just didn't care or you thought, let's save some money? Yeah, I mean, the food, of course, and, you know, everything we've always heard is that the food is great. But we, we since we were having an early wedding, uh, that put our reception around lunchtime or 11 o'clock noonish uh, is when people were going to start heading over to the reception area. So it's a brunch, basically. And I love brunch. Like brunch is, you know, it, I could eat brunch every day. I love it. And but what I love about brunches is that you have a choice. You have a choice between like breakfast and lunch foods. And I wanted to make sure that it was a true, almost like Vegas style brunch where if you wanted, you know, eggs, you got eggs. If you wanted breakfast food, you got breakfast food. But if you wanted roast beef with mashed potatoes and gravy, that was there too, you know, or some sort of potato dish or something like that. And, and so that was my thing is to have kind of like a, a, a really beautiful, almost Vegas style brunch spread. And it was... I think, you know, we succeeded in that and the food was amazing. Yeah, so we prioritized having variety and that worked out really well. Uh, we also wanted to have a great guest experience. So mm -hmm. we had, uh, as I said before, a stream trio at the ceremony and then they carried over to the pre-reception. We had a DJ for the reception and then we wanted to have characters. And at first I was ready to go nuts and get multiple characters, but we settled on just having Mickey and Minnie and they were fantastic. And everybody of all ages loved when, when Mickey and Minnie came through the door and we got great pictures dancing with them and um, highly recommend having Mickey and Minnie. I hear some brides say that decor was either really important to them 
or isn't something that they were really interested in spending money on. For me, I, I kind of fell in the middle. I didn't want to spend a lot of money on decor, but where we spent money was really important to me. So those centerpieces that we did that were based on the movies, I thought that was great for just a touch of Disney theming. Uh, we had um, nice seat covers on the chairs. And uh, then it was really important to me in the wedding pavilion to have the aisle lined with petals on either side. Uh, so, so those touches themselves were, were high on the priority list. But, but then overall, decor, we didn't have to do very much because our venues already have so much character. Okay. So then what ended up being each of your favorite memories of your wedding day? I've been thinking about this. It's really hard to sort of pick out one moment. I mean, there are a lot of moments that when you put them together that sort of make up the day and you're like going, gosh, I really don't want to pull one out because it, they all sort of rest on each other, you know, as as the events go on and on. I mean, obviously the first look and the ceremony itself and, you know, the fact that I was barely able to get through the ceremony <laughs> where, where Sarah was like, a, you know, she was my rock there being able to get me through it, you know, because I'm, I think I started crying and you were fine through the whole thing. I was uh, smiling. She was smiling and I was trying not to cry <laughs> through the ceremony and uh, little moments with like seeing family, like just with tears in their eyes. And the moment Mickey and Minnie came in with just the reaction that the kids and the adults gave when, when they came in, our first dance was beautiful. And we, we practiced that and it, it went off really well. And just uh, like I say, it's like the whole wedding is made up of all these little events and like to pull one out and say, oh, this was the thing that made the wedding is hard to do. But, you know, those those I think those are those ones stuck out the most. Mm -hmm. I treasured the moments the two of us had on our own, including the limo ride from the wedding pavilion to the Atlantic dance hall, just to take a breather. And I was really glad that we had a sweetheart table where we could kind of steal a few moments to ourselves to what Clint said. I would also add the first look. It was just such a, a sweet, unforgettable moment. Oh, so you lost your buckle. Yes. I was going to shoot. talk about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a big moment. It was like a, our big panicky moment and we got it. We got to deal with it. Okay, so then I guess I don't need to ask, did anything go wrong or not turn out like you expected? Well, yes, it did, Carrie. <laughs> I was so excited about my shoes. I got uh, a knockoff version of the Something Blue shoes by Manolo Blahnik that Sarah Jessica Parker wore in the Sex and the City movie. And I, of course, took very good care of them. Uh, up until the time of the wedding, put them on Monday morning. As soon as I stepped out of our hotel room to go to the limo, the hardware on one of the shoes fell off, <gasps> just popped right off. And I thought, really? <laughs> but I had heard guests on your podcast say, even those little things, Disney will take care of it, no matter what it is. So I was a little perturbed, but I did not panic. And I texted my planner right away, and she went looking for some super glue. I think she actually, she didn't find a cast member who just had some laying around, but 
but the Grand Floridian had some that for sale somehow. Yeah, well, see, I this whole time I'm waiting at the uh, Grand Floridian for um, Sarah to arrive for the first look, and people are coming up to me and they think that I'm like uh, some like a part of the hotel. Because of the way I was dressed. They were wanting to take <laughs> pictures of it, then they thought he was a cast member. But uh, our planner came up and said, oh, something's wrong with Sarah's shoe, and she needs some super glue. And we're, we're all talking about it. And then one of them runs off, and they have a gift shop at the Grand Floridian. And they had some super glue in there. And so I went in, and I bought it, and then gave it to Carol to give to Sarah to fix her shoe. So yeah. that was our little, like, uh, Cinderella moment, I guess. It's true. The photographer said, don't worry about fixing your shoe before the first look because we won't even see your shoes. Although I think they took a just for fun picture of it. But my mom actually took the, the buckle and the glue and, and you can there's a picture of her kind of pressing them, making it all better. And, and it was fine after that. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of other hiccups. Um, we had a guest who was vegan, and so we had definitely made sure that her uh, vegan plate was in the BEO, but the day of the reception, her vegan plate wasn't coming out. So we just had to speak up and say, oh, we, we should have a vegan plate coming, and they more than made up for it. They brought like two or three plates of every vegan option they had and yeah. just put it in front of her. So she was fine. It was just something that we had to speak up about. And the other thing was that we had champagne uh, so that it was brunch time and people could have mimosas, but there must have been some kind of communication problem uh, with the staff because we had people going to the bar just requesting a glass of champagne and the bar said oh no the champagne is just for mimosas so that wasn't our wishes but we we straightened it out somehow it turned out to be fine but we did have a few guests come over and say uh we just want champagne so they said they'll only make mimosas so we asked them to make what a glass of orange juice and a glass of (laughs) <laughs> anyway, just it, not mix it. Yeah, yeah just not mix it. They're like, okay, we'll order two mimosas, but all the ones she's have one and all those. Yeah, I'm not sure how they got that idea. Like, I in my head, I always had it that you know people could have champagne, or they could have orange juice, or they could have both. They could have a mimosa, and for some reason, it got translated into oh, the champagne is only for the toast for the bride and groom. Otherwise, it goes into the mimosas. But like I said, I went up to the bar. And uh, the the planner was there, and we sort of straightened it out pretty quickly. So it wasn't a big deal. It was just it was just something that we had to clarify. Geez, now I wonder what happened when the little kids went up and asked for orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like all the things that went wrong turned out to not be huge deals. Was there anything beforehand that you were worried about going wrong or just not working out, and then it turned out to be fine? I was worried that the people staying off property wouldn't make it to the wedding pavilion in time. It just bothered me so much, but it turned out to be fine. Everybody was where they were supposed to be on time, so I should have just let that go. Uh, We knew uh, maybe a day or two before the wedding that uh, we had booked the roots as our photographers, and Nate emailed us and said Gen Z would not be able to join us because she was recovering from surgery. And I was so disheartened by that because I was so looking forward to working with them together and just heard wonderful stories about them and had heard their interview on your podcast. 
Uh, but uh, Kimberly Mitchell stepped in for Gen Z and she did a fantastic job and she was very great to work with and helped me with a few little things like how to walk with my dress and not get it dirty. And um, so we were sad we didn't get to meet Gen Z, but our picture still turned out beautifully. And then, you know, I was kind of worried because I wasn't as fit as I wanted to be on the day of the wedding. But you have hair and makeup, do wonderful things. You you have your dress. You are so happy. All those things just result in you glowing for your pictures and you have amazing pictures. So for any bride who finds themselves in that position, don't worry. You're still going to look beautiful. Yes, definitely. Um my things were like I told you about the cake, which I, I think that, you know I stressed out about, but it's I have to stress out about certain things because of my nature. I'm I'm a perfectionist, especially when it comes to things that are anything like a production where an audience is involved. So I'm always sort of thinking of like how things will like look to people and and the the overall flow of things. And so I would be stressing about well, how's the music gonna do? You know, how's it gonna sound? And like are are, are people going to have to sit and wait for us for the music to end before we start talking? You know, things, little details like that are things that I, I tend to stress over just because of my past profession. But on the day of, it, none of it really made any difference. Like, I don't even, other than knowing that there was music, I don't think I heard any of it <laughs> because, like, it, you know, I was just in such a blur for a lot of it. And, uh, you know, it, but it, it all sounded great. And what I what I saw on the film sounded really good, and and the cake came out wonderful, like I said, and um, just everyone seemed to have a great time. Which that was the thing I think I was stressing about is making sure that these people who had invested their time and their money to come to Disney World, which you know some of them were really happy to do, and others were like, I don't know, this is kind of weird, you know, but. All in in the end, all really enjoyed it, and that's what. Besides the actual marrying of Sarah, that meant a lot to me. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, is there anything you guys would have done differently, knowing what you know now? We figured out pretty quickly to limit the number of hotels because, you know, they give you the option of like the value resort, the intermediate, and then uh, the deluxe resorts. And like I said before, it's like I, I usually try to think like as a host and like thinking, oh, these things will be good. Giving more choices is good for people, but it's not good necessarily for you. So in the end, make choices that are good for you, that, that make your lives easier as a wedding couple. So, you know, you don't have to offer every you know more than two resorts and even then like we even still ended up having to split some people between two different value resorts just because of personal preference but i don't know like in the future i might have just said you know like if i were redoing it, i might have just said well let's just do it all at this one resort and have everybody at one resort because it made things easier but i i don't mind what we ended up with i think you know it ended up being easy enough to get things handled because only a few of us were staying at beach club and we all had cars and vehicles. And so we were able to handle our own transportation and everybody else was at the value resorts, uh, to what gets, we had sports and movies. And those are so close together that it's, it 
almost counts as one hotel for transportation because they basically the bus stops at one and then goes to the other one in like 15 minutes and then heads over. So things like that, things that make your lives easier are better choices, you know, and people will have a good time. Yeah, the courtesy wheelchairs for the dessert party and then making sure that the food we'd ordered pre-ceremony would have stayed in the room. Those are the two things that I would make an effort to do differently. Okay. So then do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? Yes. Don't stress about your room block. It seems overwhelming up front, but really they just want a guesstimate and they're flexible. As you get information, you pass that on to your room coordinator and it all gets taken care of. Also, we had, since we had several kids who were going to be at the reception, we thought the pre-reception especially might get a little boring for them. We had the the string trio for the adults in, in Atlantic Dance Hall. There's lots to explore. You could go out on the balcony and check out the view. But I was still afraid that, you know, an hour, having close to an hour there, uh, the kids would get restless. So I asked about what we could do for them. And Flower and Decor has a basket, like an activity basket with coloring pages and crayons and some other activities for the kiddos. And they actually pushed back at first when I mentioned it and said, well, we could just do a kid's table at the reception. And I said, well, I really feel like the pre-reception is where we need to give them the most diversions. And so uh, they went ahead and did that. And then the kids were able to take their things with them to their tables once the reception started. And we even ended up with a pretty colored picture of Sleeping Beauty and Prince Philip by the end of the day. <laughs> so that worked out well. Yeah, I used, uh, I men's, I used Men's Warehouse for my tux. Um, and that was mostly out of convenience because they just had so many locations. Uh, like they have one up here and one down, you know, near um, the resort. So that made, that, that was made it easier for me because I could have the fitting done up here and then pick up the, um, uh, tux, the tuxes down there. Um, and then they also offer a pickup and, uh, or delivery and pickup service at any of the Disney resorts. So, you know, we were a little concerned about how, like I needed to pick up the, the tux just to make, have one last fitting to make sure there was nothing wrong. Uh, actually ended up having to get a different pair of shoes because the ones they gave me were a little scuffed up or, or like, I think the heel was kind of coming off. So they had to a quick uh, send another one down. So I was glad I did that. But uh, then after the wedding, we were talking about, well, when are we going to return it? Because I basically picked it up on, I went to pick it up on Thursday and it would have been due back by Tuesday, I think. And so when I found out that you could just leave it at the bell desk and they'll come and pick it up for you, that was a great relief because I just threw everything in the bag, gave it to the bell desk and it, you know, didn't have a problem with it. It was like made things so much easier. That was convenient. And that was something we learned from listening to your podcast. Another thing we learned listening to your podcast was having that Carolyn Allen's uh, would do in-room dress steaming. And I uh, ordered that for my wedding dress. But then um, my mom, Clint's mom, 
Glenn's aunt, my sister, all just left their dresses hung up in our room and uh, the steamer was able to take care of their dresses too. We just added on a few bucks per dress, but she was very flexible. She was on time for the appointment that we had. It was so convenient. It was fabulous. I highly recommend that. Uh, And I also uh, recommend having a little extra time before the guests get there uh, just to, to get your errands run, to pick up that tux, to get your couple's massage, to get your brow sculpted or anything that you need to do. It just to get your ducks in a row before the guests arrive just made for a much more relaxing weekend. To spend a day at the park, you know, or at the parks, you know, it, that, that was fun. Mm-hmm. It was just the two of us at the park, you know, before all our guests arrived. That was fun. Um, and the last tip would be don't hope that things won't go wrong or off plan because they inevitably will. But you're at Disney, so you're in really good hands and everything is going to work out great. <laughs> These yeah. are great tips. This is great. Well, now, is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Yes, I just posted my favorites. I was able to narrow down to 749 pictures <laughs> uh, of the professional spread. And that's on my Facebook page. They're not public, but anybody who's listening to the podcast is welcome to friend me. I just kept them private just out of respect to our guests. But uh, you can go to facebook.com slash Red Hot Mustang, all one word, and you can't miss it because uh, my cover photo is our big group photo with Mickey and Minnie. So you'll, you'll know it's us. You're very welcome to peruse the pictures and ask questions or leave comments. Fantastic. Well, Sarah and Clint, thank you so much for taking the time to share the story of your day. I think you've offered a lot of great tips and the timeline that tells people exactly how they can expect an event to run. And I really appreciate your taking the time. Well, thank you, Carrie. Your podcast was instrumental during our planning, and we really appreciate you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com. <laughs>